This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Saturday, it's the 30th of December 2023. Almost a brand new year and almost a chance to meet Matt Ater. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. And I say almost because uh, we've got to meet Sean Priest first. Hey, how are you doing, Sean? Hey, that's better, <laughs> isn't it? Meeting me. How are you, sir? Happy oh. New Year's Eve. It was Eve Eve, isn't it? Because it's uh, 31st Eve. tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, officially, Eve. it's New oh, Year's yeah, that's Eve. True. Eve. Oh, no. I wanted to sing Old Lang Syne in a Scottish accent. That's ruined it. Now Old I can't. Old Lang Syne. Yeah, yes. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's wrong, and I'm sure there no, are not. a number of Scottish people Should who will be very upset. Be... Stop me at any time. Forgotten. Uh... Okay, you won't. Oh, thanks. No. Uh, I'm just going to let you go, because you'll spin out eventually, and you just did. Um, okay, so, <laughs> yes, today on the show, we are looking back at some of the conversations we've had, uh, as we've been doing all week, and uh, Matt Ater is the vice president over there at Vespero, and I-, I had a chance to meet him in person, Sean. That was, I think, one of the few interviews we actually did in person this year. Well, whenever you do an in-person interview, it always seems to happen in a restaurant of some sort, usually a fried chicken-style yes. restaurant. Is that the case here? No, we went to a proper studio Oh, in London, England, and we sat down, they gave us... A glass of water, which I thought was a bit cheap, uh, yeah. but it is London and no one's got any money, so fair enough. So we uh, had a nice glass of water, <laughs> and Matt and I had a very long conversation, uh, which spanned a number of hours. Uh, I think the uh, I think we, we did manage to give the tech engineer a, a nice nap in between, so that was quite <laughs> good. Uh, but it was a nice conversation for Matt and I. We, we had a great time, and we talked about all kinds of interesting things. And you can check out the full interview on the podcast, but. Today on the show, we're going to focus on two areas. One is, of course, JAWS itself and the kind of background of JAWS, where things are going in the future with the screen reader that is JAWS. Um, But we're also going to focus on JAWS kiosk, because this is another interesting area of the work that Matt Hayter and his team are doing, is they're trying to develop this system, or they are developing this system, which is going into uh, fast food restaurants and making it possible for us to be able to enjoy fried chicken... Oh, yeah. Yes. Enjoy fried chicken independently. <laughs> independently. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, joking aside, like self, uh, self-checkouts self in supermarkets, these tablets, these kiosks are popping up absolutely everywhere. So yeah. making sure they are accessible is incredibly important. Absolutely. So uh, let's get into it then uh, and uh, listen back to the conversation I had with Matt Ater when I was with him in London. Matt, great to have you on the show once again. Stephen, I'm I'm very excited to be here, and just just to think that we could do this in person because we've done enough of this stuff uh, over the years, you know, being through Zoom or whatever methods of toys that we use to connect us. But uh, it's wonderful to be here in person with you. Yeah, but you know what it's like, right? It's the anxiety of getting up, doing the train journey, you know, getting everywhere on time. Then you have to navigate your way through the streets of London. I have gone through an immense amount of mental pain to be here with you today, Matt. I hope you appreciate this. I do. And um, <laughs> I, I would I would say that um, I, I also had to do a lot of traveling to get here. I, I you know, flew from uh, the U.S. over to London, 
And um, my mental pain was probably something most people don't do on a flight. I watched a show on Apple TV Plus called Hijack. <gasps> I now don't know that that's a normal thing people should do when getting on a plane, which, you know, the show's about uh, a flight that's hijacked <laughs> on the way to London. Now, it yes, wasn't... That's right. It's going to London on that flight, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good idea. Man. No. And so the whole time I'm I'm listening to passengers and I'm wondering, is that the bad guy? Right? And so... Well, you weren't listening with spatial audio. That would make it even worse. <laughs> It'd be like you're but actually in amongst it. That's everybody who good. passes my seat, I think they're dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so, if Idris Elba turned up on your flight, you would be worried, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And it's so interesting you say that because I saw uh, it was Air Canada announced that they will be showing Apple TV Plus content on their in-flight entertainment system. And I thought, wow, is Hijack going to be in that catalog? I bet it's not. I bet any money they take Hijack out of that category. Yeah, probably. If they can, if they yeah. can do that. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. I'm just fascinated that they're going to be streaming shows when we used to complain that we couldn't, you know, use our phones for internet. <laughs> yes, that's right. And now it's just open season for l listening to stuff, streaming stuff. You know, the fear is that, you know, there used to be those phones on the back of seats. And mm. I, I, I think I tried to use one once. It may have cost me like $55 for one minute of just call. Just to pick it up. Yeah. Right. And, and the service was terrible, yeah. right? Now, this is before Wi-Fi on planes and stuff. But to think that, you know, people are going to be um, communicating and doing more, like there's going to be streaming calls on flights yeah. where people are just talking like they would be working. And it, to some degree, I mean, I'm not a fan of the quiet car on trains. You may be because you just took a train. Mm. Um, only because I usually get in trouble when I'm on the quiet car because someone will start pointing at me because I didn't know that I was in the quiet car because, right. you know, you and I probably we can't read the signs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't announce itself. That's the well, problem. They're, they're the most, uh, I'll be honest, and if anybody out there is listening, I'm sure you'll get some listener letters later, but <laughs> people in the quiet car are the rudest people on the train. Yeah, that's true. They, that's true. Also they, in first class, you'll find that as well. Uh, no, I'm okay with them. But they, oh, you're okay they, with them, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You're one of them. That's why <laughs> you're one of the rudest people I've ever if met. I, in my if, days. I, if I get upgraded to first class, I'm not complaining. Okay, so <laughs> so why are you in London? What's brought you here? Well, so you know, we continue to look um, at Vespero of, of ways that we can um, uh, deploy the software Jaws um, into other segments and jaws for kiosk is is one of those segments and how do we attack and solve the problems of accessibility in self-service devices such as a kiosk such as a payment device and so i'm here meeting with um, customers and partners who are going to help you know bring this to the uk market and the it, everywhere we go today you're going to run into self-service whether you like it or not yeah um, I was at a, um, coffee shop and I'm going to say slash donut shop without calling them out. And, you know, they were, you walk in and there's a kiosk to place the order. And the, the only person who's in the, the restaurant 
is serving coffee and serving donuts. She can't take the time. She doesn't take cash behind the counter. She doesn't do any of this. It's all self-service. And so if we don't solve this problem, you know, we're going to be left in society where we can't go into certain restaurants and certain places of business. Um, I was at a, a, a baseball game a couple weeks ago and you didn't have to stand in line to get a beer. You could go into this little section that was self-service beer coolers and you would set the beer down on this thing. It scanned it because it, it had cameras and a scanner and then you would tap your card and walk out. And this is becoming the the new area where we're starting to see this creep, this mission creep of these kind of devices turning up, right? And and it's we often talk about web accessibility or app accessibility, and that's the, the common thread when we think about accessibility and in particular accessibility issues. But this is a new area, and it's using the same technology that drives everything else. Yeah, and I... It, I think that the reason for there's two there's two kind of areas if you read the publications that I'll I'll point to. One is um the cost to deploy a self-service device over time is nothing compared to hiring people. Hmm. At the same time the service industry has been decimated by people not wanting to work in it since COVID. It's the same problem that we have with uh, people not or people wanting to work from home since COVID, everybody kind of got used to the work from home for uh, whatever amount of time, and and now you're seeing companies who are mandating going back to work at forty percent of the people who don't want to go back to the office. And so, if we look at it from a self service perspective, if you go into a fast food place, a QSR is what they call it, a quick service restaurant, or you go into um, some of these other businesses that have grab and go, it's hard to staff and manage the people who are in there. And so can people easily, um, you know, be able to find items on a menu, choose them, or go to a self-checkout and check out? And so that's part of it. The other part is they've learned they sell more on a self-service device in a in a quick service restaurant if you use the kiosk than when you go to the counter. And part of it is you see the menu in front of you and it constantly will say, hey, do you would you like to add more to that? Would you like to... Which is what you do. Right. And you end up saying yes. And so you spend more money at the device. Now, I'll say the, the, the other part that I think is critical outside of just this is that... And you've, you've had this... Um, for longer in the UK than than we have in, in the US, which is payment devices that come to your table. Mm. In the US, they would take your credit card, go in the back, swipe your card, do whatever, bring your card, your bill back, you'd sign the, the piece of paper and away you go. In the UK, they bring you a machine to your table and you put your credit card in the machine and then you get the option. I don't know if you guys get the option, but you get the option to tip in the U.S. if you yeah. had one of these machines. Yeah. And, you know, the question is, should we be able to do all of that ourselves? And my answer would be yes. I mean, of course. why yeah. should we let somebody else who's our server put our tip in for us? And it's not just there. I was in a cab today just coming over here. And in the cab, they had a card machine. 
And before I could tap my card or my Apple Watch as it was onto the device, it had something written on the screen and I couldn't do anything with it. I didn't know what button to press. The, the question was, what do you want to tip the driver? My answer was nothing. Uh, what's the button for that? You can imagine the driver was over the moon at that idea. Uh, but anyway, he did come through and he said, okay, it's this button here, hit the button. And um, I tapped my, car, my, my watch and that was fine. But you know, there's these steps in the way. And it made it not a fluid experience. Now, if I did want to tip them, irrespective of whether I did or not, I want that choice. And I don't, you know, there's a social anxiety aspect to this because I'm kind of joking around saying, you know, I didn't want to tip the guy. I didn't. I'm Scottish. I don't tip people. But <laughs> I, I wanted to do that myself. I didn't want to have him know I was doing that. You know, it's only pay and go, right? That's what everyone else does. That's what, this is what it all comes down to. We want to do the same things other people do. Yeah, and it's interesting that so you, your taxis are called what black cab? Black, yeah, 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 cabs. Cab is yeah. it called a black cab? So hackney carriage, if you'd rather. Okay, so in the in the U.S., a lot of the taxis today have tablets on the back of the the seat on the on the passenger seat in the front, and you can triple tap um, one finger, I believe. To turn on speech, and then it switches the, to a an accessible menu, and you can go through it, and it tells you to. You can't swipe gestures. You can. It'll say top the top right, tap the top right, to make it louder or faster or whatever it is. And and if you want to tip, tap the bottom right corner, and then if you want to increase your tip, tap the top left corner. Mm. You know, depending on. I'm my left and rights are backwards here, but you get the idea. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it gives you all those cues on each screen. That so would this be, is like what an Android tablet kind of yeah, thing yeah. that's running, yeah, right. yeah, and and that's the way it should be, yeah, right. I mean, and I would assume at some point the taxis, you know, you know, they're running videos on those. So if you want to stop the video and listen to the screen reader, it you just triple tap your finger with one finger and it and it turns it on. Now, it doesn't mean every single taxi in the U.S. does this, but you see it in New York, you see it in Vegas, you see it in L.A., you see it in the you know D.C. And big I think cities that's have got the, it, yeah. I think it's the new wave in the U.S. And I think why not here too? I mean, why would you? You know, you it'll tell you how far you've gone. It'll tell you how much you've already spent in case you've run out of cash. You need to jump out of the cab. Um, you know, so having those details, I mean, I would expect, you know, just like we're expecting, you know, accessible websites and mobile apps, I would expect all this stuff to be accessible as well. But the key word is consistency. Right. So this is the other problem that we have. And consistency is the big issue for us because in one sense, you might have like one city might have a great experience. Another city has some of that experience, certain cab operators. I mean, if we're using cabs as the example, certain cab operators may have that. Others may not. And it's this inconsistency that drives the problem. Now, if you're sighted coming up against a new touchscreen, it's not a major issue. You'll figure it out. Just tap away on it and you'll figure it out. But if, for example, you came up against an iPad on one setting and, a, and an Android tablet on another, and you really don't know your tablets that well or you know even the accessibility that well, but you need to use it, uh, that's going to be a problem for people. So this is another issue, right? Is this why you guys have got into this game? Because I am intrigued as to why you guys get into this. Because I think about JAWS, I think about the screen reader, I think about Workplace, I think about... You guys in that area, 
pushing for more access and work. How did this come about? I mean, it started with customers coming to us and say they have a problem they need to solve. And the one thing that we do understand is how to drive a user experience. When we think about a self-service device, um, and I'm going to use that kind of general term of kiosk, but it doesn't matter if it's a payment device, which doesn't, it's the size of of a phone, an Mm -hmm. iPhone. Yeah. Okay. It's not the size of a big kiosk at McDonald's. So um, when we think about these devices, we need to create a good user experience, but it doesn't mean that it needs to be sounding like JAWS out of the box in the way we do things on a computer. It's a different user experience, and we need to provide a good user experience. Part of that is we have to assume that not everybody who's sitting down to use this device has ever used it before. And we also have to assume that they've never used JAWS. We have to assume that they don't like eloquence, Hmm. that they want something a little different. We have to meet lots of languages, depending on where you are in the world. Um, And then we have to help the the vendor who's developing the applications fully make the screens a good user experience. And something as complex as McDonald's may take a lot more work because of lots of screens and, and, you know, different, um, let's call them applications. Whereas something like a check-in at a, um, motor vehicles place to get your ID and license and things like that may be simpler. Um, but either way, we have to find a way to do it in a, in a very easy user experience. And a lot of times developers aren't thinking about a touch experience that requires a workflow. They're thinking about a touch experience of someone who can see. Mm-hmm. And so we have to communicate slightly different with those developers to help them understand that when we swipe or when we press a key on a on a um, an, an input device such as um, the Storm keypad, we need to make sure that it goes in a workflow. Whereas if if all you had to do is tap the screen and you knew where the button was, none of that matters. And so, the one thing I would say for the for the you know thirty years of of Jaws development. And even our video magnification work that we've done for since the 70s with, you know, Optilic and Enhanced Vision and stuff like that. The one thing we understand is a user experience. And we have to figure out how do we help a customer support a proper user experience for someone with a visual impairment. But it's impressive because you've almost had to go beyond yourself. This wasn't a case of just taking JAWS and implementing it into a kiosk system. You had to really rethink this, right? Because it's, it's a different navigation. I mean, we've got this device in front of us here and we're, you know, I'm just sort of touching the, the various buttons. I'm not pressing anything yet. Don't worry. You've I'm already, gonna, you've ordered three well, sandwiches. I have, yes. And, and I'll be ordering more <laughs> before this uh, recording is done, I promise you. Uh, but, you know, there's not many buttons on here. You know, we don't have a full keyboard. We don't have a full gamut of, you know, JAWS commands that you have to learn and you've an insert space layer you know not none of that right this is this is very simple arrow up down select up down left right select there's a, another select button there and the headphone jack as well very few buttons on this but you know it, it does give you the full navigation of the system so you've obviously had to think differently i guess about how to develop this yeah and part of it is that you know we've we've spent a lot of time in the computer world, 
and you know the the let's use a website for an example. Um, every letter on the keyboard is a hotkey for something on a website. Mm-hmm. Every number is probably a hotkey. Every punctuation mark is a hotkey. I mean, think about that. That's a lot of keys that like a standard user would get to know and remember. But I can't think about that when I'm when I'm trying to order something in two and a half minutes. No. And I can't assume that the person who walks up to it knows what headings are, what buttons and links are, and edit boxes and spin boxes and uh, ARIA live and ARIA labels and none of that stuff. We can't think about it from that perspective. We have to think, what does a user need to do in the amount of time that the customer wants them to do it? So if the customer said a standard user can do something in two and a half minutes, shouldn't we be able to say, let's do the same in two and a half minutes with a blind user? And by doing that, we have to change um, the verbosity, which I don't, I, I always hate the word verbosity. It sounds so, <laughs> I call it change the, the noise. Verbose. Let's call it change the noise. All right. So let's, yes. let's reduce the noise to Cut the user, right? Yeah. And... You know, it's not about if something's a button, because again, you don't, if you've never used one of these devices, you've never used a computer, you don't know what a button is. You're, you're recently blind. You know that there's something on the screen that says buy mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. place order. And that's what you know, because you visually have always seen that word. You didn't know it was called a button though. You just knew you tapped that. And so we have to say to the user, press the middle key to activate it, right? Um because it's not about what it is, but how to use it. And that's what that's what the key message is, is how do we drive the user through it? And, you know, for anybody who's a, um, a more advanced user, they can speed up the voice. They can skip the tutor messages um, that are added to, to drive a user through the experience and just get the job done. Um, the same would go with, you know, you talked earlier about tablets and, you know, sitting down at a, um, a tablet to try to uh, go through something, an Android tablet or something like that. If we had to use a screen reader, TalkBack's a perfectly good screen reader and everybody who's using Android loves the screen reader who, that they use. Mm. And anybody who's on iOS loves voiceover. But if we had to use that for a general user who's newly blind and never used it, it's a it's a learning curve that we don't need to do. And so our experience in Android is very similar that we we strip out all of that and we give a user experience that we can explain very simple. Um, and we had to add, you know, lots of features to, you know, our JAWS for Android kiosk version um, just for the purposes of driving a user through that experience. You know, we have to start and stop the speech. We have to provide hint text um, that's not normal. We can't say things like press double tap and hold is a message that is very phone or tablet specific, but not kiosk specific because no one's going to let you do that in a kiosk. Mm. Right. And so they're going to let you double tap, but not double tap and hold. Um, the, you know, we have to think through the different keyboard uses, you know, you've, you've used lots of devices, Probably you have you used an Apple TV? Yeah. Have you used the older versions? And each app if you cut me down the middle, Matt, there's uh-huh. an Apple logo in here. 
So the answer is yes. So if if you remember, there was times when the keyboard that would be presented to you was A through Z, all mm. in one line. And then the next app you use may be A, B, C, D yep. on the top line. And then you go down a line for the next couple letters. Every keyboard that we hit on different screens, different apps you're using from Netflix to whatever, there's no universal in it. No. Right? And and if you handed somebody a QWERTY keyboard that's never actually done anything but um, tap their fingers by looking at the keys if they were sighted and then became blind, telling them that they have to understand the QWERTY layout is tough, right? If you've, if you've not become a typist. Mm-hmm. And so all of those kind of things have to be thought through when driving these kiosk scenarios because – you know, if if you had to walk into an airport today and, and put in your first and last name, your name's short enough to do it. Mine's short enough to do it. Um, but if I had to do my full name with middle name, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. You know, and that's a that's a process we have to be thinking and it's about. Like a, it's a considered thing, isn't it? You, you almost have you, you almost take a breath before you do it sometimes on these devices. I do that on my iPhone right now. If I have to type something long in, you know, I just hope dictation will get it right if it's necessary for a form field you know i do have to stop and think right okay let's do this <laughs> i, I, I <laughs> think just, I, it's, yeah it's i think the, the industry's focused so much on compliance mm. that we've forgotten about the user experience and it in the end you know if if you wanted to get to the airport and check in and you wanted to print your boarding pass and you wanted to print a label to go on your suitcase. And I never check my bags, so I don't know that step. But if I had to do those three steps and I could do those three steps and that's all I needed to do, do I care if the logo's tagged at the top? No, hide the logo. I don't care. It's not relevant to the process of me checking out or checking in at the airport. I need a simple user interface. I need to get through it. And this isn't blind specific. This is anybody needs that simple interface. And the more that we have a problem with the service industry, um, the more these devices are going to hit the market. The the last thing, not last thing in the conversation today, but the last thing around this topic around um, uh, accessibility in general. And let's, let's think about it from a restaurant perspective. Um, are blind users more loyal to a business who is accessible? Is one of the questions I'd love, you know, some feedback from some of your users over time because some I of your think listeners. The answer's got to be yes. Like if your web if you if the website's accessible and you could look at the menu and place an order to go or place it to be delivered, are you more likely to go back to it? It seems obvious to say yes. Right. Because if you think about it... You still have to like the food. Well, yes, but but, but I don't know. Sometimes I have seen myself go somewhere or do something that I, you know, maybe a restaurant, let's say a restaurant that I like, I like other ones better, but I will go to that one because I've had a great experience. Right. And that that could be anything from... The menu being accessible so you can look at the menu ahead of time because, you know, when you go out to dinner and you're going with some other people who have vision, 
you like to know what's on the menu before you get there. Yeah, you, right? you don't want to go through the whole, let's read the menu, yeah, and no one time. reads all of it. Yeah. Uh, Lazy they, Jaws is what I call it when someone <laughs> reads the menu, because they start off reading the headings, mm. and then they start reading a few of the items under the headings, and then they get bored. So you end up ordering a burger. Or they help you order the food that they want you to eat. That's right. Or they hey, want you know to share. You should try, you should try this. <laughs> well, I don't want to try your food. I want to eat my food. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I was at a dinner once where um, somebody ordered soup. And we had six or eight people at the table. Everybody got up and dipped their bread in the poor guy's soup. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even eat his soup. He was so ticked off the entire time. It's like they recommended he get the soup to try. And they were dipping. And they walked around the table and dipped and it in his soup. That's not right. But... Um, <laughs> So, so I I think of the the um, the loyalty. If you look at the way the restaurant industry looks at things, they're looking at things from a loyalty perspective. Mm. Everything from them giving you points and earning things and playing games to get more points and get a free drink or whatever it is, they want to drive you back to that restaurant, and they're going to do that through loyalty. And I believe that as a industry, um, the blindness industry needs to be talking about loyalty and what drives our loyalty. And that was part one of our conversation, uh, part one of four, actually, Sean. Uh, there was a lot of conversation in there uh, that we had with Matt Ata. But up next, uh, we're going to be hearing specifically about JAWS Kiosk and the work that uh, oh. Vespero are doing to make, well, lots of restaurants and stores more accessible to us blind people. That next on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And let's get back to our conversation with Matt Ata today uh, that we we're looking back on uh, one of the many conversations we had with Matt over uh, 2023. And this part of our conversation focused on JAWS Kiosk. So look, we've talked about the kiosk. Shall we play with it, Matt? Shall we? Because I'm kind of keen to figure this out. I'm kind of keen to understand this thing. And we talked about it before we, we started. And you said, I'm not going to teach you how to use this, which is actually right up my street because I never learn anything by being taught. So that tells you all you need to do about my education. Uh, so I plug but in the head. But you're trying to learn Braille. <laughs> well, yeah, and I really should read a book at some point on actually learning as opposed should to I, just trying should to. Should I give you a grade two symbol and see if you know it? Please don't. Okay. Please, please don't all do right. that. That's very embarrassing at the moment. Um, I think I can do the SH. I think that's about it. Is it SH? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's one. Yeah. What is it? I can't remember. It's like an S I think with it's, an H I think it's next like to. 146, I'm going to guess. Let's just say it is. Right, uh, let's plug in this. So I, I plug in, so I've got the Someone, kiosk in front of me. Someone's going to correct us. Yeah, know, I know, right. I know. And what is SH by itself? Uh, S? I think it's shall, but I'm guessing on that. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, yeah, yeah, because that's right. Some two, words have got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, like I say, I have. I'm so happy on grade one. I've got my grade one book. <laughs> It'll take me several years to read, but that's fine. So before we jump time. to the kiosk, does this mean when you get on an airplane, when United just um, did an announcement, if you fly United in the future, and they they actually could, they're going to have the seat numbers. Oh yeah, they're going to have the seat numbers uh, brailled up. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's nothing. Nothing's 
for me as a traveler who flies United, I'm very excited about this because they go from like one, two, three, four, and then it goes seven because after the bulkhead, you know, if you're not in first, it starts with seven ah, on some planes. Right. And then it goes up to a certain number and then it jumps right to, I'm going to say 20 or something like that. And it's so that in their whole goal is to always have the exits be the same number. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So that there's some consistency on where people book. And, but it's hard to figure out which one did they skip, right? So having that, having those numbers. But what I complained about was I need some descriptions on the bathroom. And it's because I don't want to feel around the bathroom mm. trying to find the flusher, the toilet paper, the paper towels, the soap. I mean, at some point, it's just gross, right? Well, and of so course. Yeah. It's disgusting. It'd be nice if, if they would just, and so, Yesterday on the flight, I, I went in there and I, and I came back and I said, before I get started, can you tell me where the paper towels are? And she came in and tells me, she goes, you know, I didn't never thought about that. <laughs> well, th that's often the problem, right? People just don't think about it until sure. it's pointed out. Sure. So you may have single-handedly sorted out that airline for people. Well done, Matt. Uh, one, one flight attendant at a time. That's how we do it. Yep. Um, so we're going to plug in. The headphone. I've got basically a little speaker here, Rob. You've got a speaker here that we're going to plug into this. And this is going to act as our headphones. So if we were in a store or whatever or in a yeah. restaurant, you could just plug in your headphones yeah. to this. That's and, what we're and, going to mimic here. And, and it's the little jack that we would have used before that most, you know, you have to decide. You, I carry them around with me because I use an ATM. I yeah, use the kiosks. Yeah. Not everybody carries these around. So that I would say that and people are going to ask, well, why is it not Bluetooth? And why is it not? Um, That'd be a nightmare, though, wouldn't it? it I think it, there's a lot of security concerns around Bluetooth still today that I think most people wouldn't, you know, most businesses don't want to do it. It doesn't mean down the road that technology won't change. Um, why is it you just, just use a speaker? Well, if you're in a loud restaurant, like a um, a quick service restaurant, you probably don't want, you know, the talking part to drive the experience for everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody else gets to hear what you're ordering too. Where's yeah. the privacy in that? Um, and then there's, of course, some kiosk scenarios where you want privacy. You may want to blank the screen. You may want to not make sure everybody can hear it. Well, an so, ATM is a perfect example of that. Right, exactly. So in, in those scenarios, you have to be really careful. If you're putting in a tip, if you're putting in your pen, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to process your ATM card, you, you don't want all that stuff spoken out loud. Although there is that little device I was telling people about on the show, the 12 South Airfly. Have you heard about that? No. Mm -mm. So basically you hook it up with your AirPods and it's for flying. So you can plug oh, this I have little device I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, into yeah. the 3.5 mil headphone jack on an airplane. Yep. But you could equally use it on an ATM. You could equally use it on yep. this and still use your AirPods. Yes. So that's one way to do it. But, yeah, but you most just people, have, it's yeah. one more thing in your pocket. So it doesn't yeah, exactly. matter if it's if that's what you prefer, then bring those. You know, I just think that for the foreseeable future, we're still going to be using a 3.5 millimeter jack. Listen, we are developing here at Double Tap. I will admit this is not something we're, we're going to sell, but it is something we're suggesting people do is create the blind box. And in the blind box, you should have a number of things. And I think we've just added another item, which is the 3.5 mil single ear headphone jack, because that is, of course, part of the blind uniform. And you can get them on 
Amazon for a dollar. Yeah, they're nothing. I have a bag in my in my bag with the kiosk with twenty in a bag for twenty dollars. There you so, go. You know, you can get you can get these things. Well, you cheap. go on a tourist bus at some point, you'll probably get one given to you. Oh, here in London on those uh, double deck buses yeah. that are the what do you guys call those things? The um, I guess you call them tour buses. Yeah. The, they hand you those to listen to the description of, of where you're going. And I ended up with like four pairs because it was me, my wife, and my two girls. And they didn't want them back. So I, I have lots of them. Yeah. Stick them in your bag. Right. So let's plug this in and this will activate. So this is, so this is what happened, right? So you plug this in, it activates the kiosk, right? Or activates yes. the voice yep. aspect of it, right? Yep. Okay. So we're going to plug this in. Welcome to McDonald's. The keypad on this kiosk has four arrow keys, a key with a circle on it in the middle of the arrow keys, and a square information key next to the headphone jack. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the left arrow key to move to the previous item. Press the middle key to activate the current item. Press the down arrow key to move to the next section. Press the up arrow key to move to the previous section. Press the information key next to the headphone jack one time to repeat the information at your current location. Press the information key twice quickly to enter settings mode where you can change the speech rate and volume. You can also use single finger touch gestures on the screen to mimic the navigation keys on the keypad. For example, swipe right or left to move to the next or previous item or double tap to activate the current item. Bienvenido a McDonald's. El teclado de este kiosk. Okay, so we're going to get this in how many languages are we going to get this uh, in? English and Spanish. And you can just go ahead and hit the, the right arrow. Okay, so we'll hit the right arrow. Alert. An order is currently in progress. Welcome to McDonald's. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. Okay, so uh, first off, I want to say I am extremely excited because I get to order McDonald's today. This is fantastic news. And I think you've gonna, done this deliberately. I'm going to uh, disappoint you in that nothing's going to show up. Well, that is... Very depressing. Uh, hang on, we're in London. <laughs> surely, surely McDonald's meals should appear well, yeah, in front yeah, of us at yeah, some point. Yeah, exactly. Is that not how it works? Um, okay, so this is us in store. And, and we're kind of standing here just so we can get some, some visuals here for people, right? So this is a tablet. Um, and you would not a, a see, tablet you you would would not see the small one. They're no, this is be quite six small. foot tall. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got this keypad fitted on the side. Yeah, and, and it's that's called the, a Storm Audio Nav. Is okay. the brand of the keypad that's and it, we don't make it. It's made actually here in the UK, and um, uh, basically the intent of this keypad is to be able to solve it for not just people who are blind, but someone with a physical disability who has difficulty tapping the screen could use the keypad as well. Now the touch screen is that still active during yeah. all of this? Yep. In fact, it told you you could swipe right on the screen to move mm. forward and double tap just like you could on an iPhone. Okay. So, and you get all those hints as you plug in, which is great. And yep. you can control aspects of that. So you've got quite a lot of information to take in, but ultimately we're just going to go left and right, really, aren't we? And select. So let's yeah. um, let's yep. do that. So let's, uh, I'll hit right. Start order. Continue without logging in. Press the middle key to activate. If you need assistance from a McDonald's crew member, press the round help button that is either directly above the keypad or above and to the right of the keypad. A light on the kiosk will turn on indicating you need assistance. Well, that's good. So you can get assistance if you need it, right? Okay, so uh, we're not we, we're not going to log in, right? No. There, there'll be two login screens. So this first one, you'll you'll press the middle key. Okay. Login below for rewards. And then you'll skip Redeem this. points from a okay, cafe. So right, yeah. Skip login. We'll skip Continue. login. 
Where will you be eating today? Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Okay, Press the so down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. store before because I can't. So this is very interesting to me. So this is obviously what it says. Uh, is this mimicking exactly what is in McDonald's today? Yeah, I mean, different markets could have different screens, but yes. So the first step is it's asking you, do you going to want to eat here or are you going to take it to go? All right, so let's eat in. Eat in. Press the middle key to okay, activate. So let's do that. McDonald's menu. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. Uh, I'm going to hit the down arrow to see what happens. My McDonald's. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on home is selected one of six reasons and phase two oh, rewards okay, so three of six press the middle key to so activate if you logged in you would have all your yes. favorites in here that's, yep. that's interesting so let's go back up my McDo mcdonald's left. menu press the right arrow key to move to the next item my mcdonald's press the right arrow. no prior sections Keep the current down. screen is to the right. my mcdonald's home reasons reward vouchers allergen monopoly lottery monopoly. one my menu Breakfast mains. Ah, no, Two of eight. Press the middle key to activate. Yes, please. Now, I have to tell you, Matt, a little secret here. I only ever have the breakfast. Now, it said one of the things that was. So it said um, breakfast mains and it said one of eight. So it told yeah. you that there are eight, eight menu sections. Mm. And as you move through, it said two of eight, three of eight and so on. So that you knew where you were. In the flow. Yeah. Right. You see, my problem is I just had breakfast mains. So I'm just, I'm a typical customer, right? I just yeah. know well, this what I want. Is, But if you do this all the time, this is what you do, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you would get this flow down so fast because you would just move to breakfast mains, choose it, and choose whatever. Whatever we want, right? Yeah. So let me write arrow. All filter is selected. Filter. One of Flagbergs filter. Bacon rolls filter. Porridge and pancakes filter. Five of five. Sausage Egg McMuffin, 2.29 British pounds, 430 kcal slash 1,797. Sausage and Egg McMuffin. Want to make that a meal? Press the right arrow key to move to the next. Yes, make it a meal. Press the middle. Okay. Select a breakfast side. Press the right arrow key to move. Hash Brown, 136 kcal slash 568 kj. One of two. Apple and grapefruit bag, 46 <laughs> yeah, kcal right. slash go the hash, hash brown. brown. There we go. And I've selected that. Select a breakfast oh. drink. I just want to say drinks are crazy because it's not just all the cold drinks, but if you went in and chose coffees, yeah. there's options. lots, there's so many options. So yeah. just, I'm going to forewarn you that like, and you may choose something and you know, I can't, I don't know that it talks to the inventory. So mm. you could choose like a, a certain creamer that you want that's like, I don't know, cinnamon apple creamer. Don't uh, write that one down because I can't guarantee that's on the menu. But um, you... Well, I'll tell you that we're not going to touch creamer because we don't have that here. Oh, okay. Well, then let's see what you got. Okay. We don't have creamer in this country. Okay. You, I, I, I want you to go into a restaurant and ask for creamer. No, I just drink they black will tea. Laugh I'm simple. At you. I'm just English breakfast. I'm simple. Oh, very nice. Okay, so let's arrow through this. All filter just using is right selected. Arrow. That's all I'm Large doing. hot drink filter. Regular hot drink filter. That natural. Large cold drink filter. Four of seven. I can Press the middle key to activate. this list down. Medium cold. Bottle drink filter. Milkshake filter. Medium. Large cold drink. Regular hot drink filter. Large hot drink filter. That one. Large PG tips tea. 
12 kcal slash large latte plus 0 0.30 british pounds 100 review sausage egg mcmuffin oh. meal 3.79 british pounds 758 kcal slash 3173 kj press the right arrow key to move to the next item press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen did the um, move right, you would go through each item that you've just selected. Yeah. If you wanted to jump directly to checkout, you'll press down a few times or at least once and it'll say add to bag or something like that. And so the down, this is this is for the techies in the world. The down and up arrows are like moving by headings. Yeah. But we don't call them headings. We call them sections to make it, again, more user-friendly to a non-computer user. Yeah, I suppose I'm thinking to myself, I, I want to not miss anything. Sure, then you go I'm right. I'm just doing the yeah. right all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's, that's my sort of natural And you state. can increase quantity that way too. Well, that's even better. Right, let's, let's see where we're at. Sausage and Egg McMuffin, 430K. Okay. Customize Sausage and Egg McMuffin. Press the middle key oh, to activate. Customize. Interesting. Hash Brown, what? Modify Hash Brown. Press the middle key to add. Large Latte, plus Modify Large Latte. Press let's, the middle key to activate. So let's hit modify. Select a breakfast drink. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Maybe Press the down arrow key. All filter is large hot drink filter. Yeah, like Two of seven. It. Press the so middle key to back. activate. So I'm going to suggest. Go no more sections. The current screen is select a breakfast drink. The current item is large oh, okay. hot drink filter. Regular hot drink filter. Large cold drink filter. Meaty, bottled, milkshake, large PG, to large latte. Like that. Review, sausage egg McMuffin meal, so 3.79 British pounds, so 758 kcal sausage and egg McMuffin, hash brown, 130, large latte. Add sausage egg McMuffin meal to your order. Press the middle key to activate. Yep, let's do that. Item added to bag. Item price is 3.79 British pounds. McDonald's menu. Press the right arrow key to it's move to the next deal, item. Really Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section food. on this screen. That same order you just did, if you did this a few times, you're in like two minutes to get that done. Yeah. You know, because you're not going through that whole process. And if you had logged in, it would have said, this is what you've ordered in the past. Do you want it again? Do you want it again? Right. Yeah. And that is, that is superb. Right. And, and that's something which obviously you can do if you're sighted. It speeds the whole process up. Yeah, and if there's a line, which we've all seen before, a queue, mm. uh, you know, you don't have to wait in it. But you'll go to some restaurants today where there's nobody taking orders, and this is what you this is what you do. The the people at the counter are fulfilling to go orders from Uber Eats and whatever delivery services that exist, and so. You know, you'll see bags and bags up on the counter, but they're not, you know, doing it for, you know, people in the restaurant. They're doing it for all the people who are um, uh, getting the food delivered. The The other thing is that a restaurant will go all the way through if they – each restaurant's different. They could have um, table service added to it. Tap below to continue. Otherwise <laughs> – We'll start over again. Go ahead and swipe to the right. To the next item. On the screen, yeah. Yeah. Continue. Double tap the screen with one finger to activate. Now, what you just got was a different 
instruction, a instruction yeah. based on the input method. So if you'd used the keypad, it would have said, press the middle key to activate. But because you touch the screen, the and but the middle key will still work. So go ahead and press the middle key. Let's press the middle key. McDonald's menu. Press the right arrow key to so move to the, the next item. Press the, the down arrow key so, to skip to the next section on this screen. As you got used to when to press right, when to press down, and when to press middle, you kind of get used to that to the point that you just scroll through it. Well, that that's how I felt. I mean, at first I was a little bit hesitant, but very quickly I just thought, this makes so much sense. I mean, how wrong can you go? We're talking about a right arrow. And, and to be fair, you're not going to miss anything if you do it that way. So, you know, I'm just going to go in there and whack away at the right arrow until I get what I want. And like you say, once you start to use this, once you start getting into the habit of using it, you'll find those shortcuts. It's like, I mean, it is a screen reader, but I mean, it's like a screen reader learning process. You know, you go to a website and you arrow through to figure out where everything is. And then suddenly you realize, oh, that's a heading and that's a heading. And I can quickly jump here and I can do this. And then the next time you're there... You've you just cut that H. time down. Yeah. yeah, you're just you're just you're just learning as you as you go. For us, it's all like it's always a discovery, isn't it? It's always a land of discovery. Um, it's, it's I tried to explain this to someone once when they were asking me why, when I was asked by a sighted friend to download an app to play with, I said, "Okay, give me about half an hour and I'll come back to you." And he said, "No, you just open the app and hit the button." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but I need to know where everything is. I want to go through the app and figure out where everything is. Maybe there's a login process. Maybe there's a sign up or, you know, once I've got the app up and running, I need to figure out where all the buttons are. So I've got a sense of what I'm looking at. And or also a really, just want to get a to really know critical it. button that's unlabeled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's right. And I wouldn't know that without spending that time. So sure. yep. th- these are the things. Um, this is very exciting. So you're here in the UK to roll or well, to, to start the process of getting this rolled out. And obviously McDonald's is one of the clients. Yeah, and I, it, when I say that, I'm working on kiosks, not necessarily McDonald's-specific while I'm here. Mm. I brought the McDonald's one because I thought you'd have fun with it. I'm, I'm loving um, it, literally. But, you know, it. it could be healthcare check-in. It yeah. could be a train station ticket process. Um, it, it, an example in the U.S. is that, you know, we have um, places where you go get your blood drawn. Right. And you go in because you have an appointment at two o'clock and you go sit in the lobby. And if you don't check in on the kiosk, they never call your name. There's nobody yeah. behind a counter. It's just a machine you have to check in on. And then eventually they'll call your name because you're there for the appointment. And then you go get your blood drawn, you leave. Well, if you didn't have an accessible experience, you could sit in the lobby all day. Now, I, I know that you're kind of used to that in uh, uh, British healthcare. Um uh, or Canadian healthcare, depending on where in the world you live, you know. But I'm kind of expecting to come and go, right? I want to get it done, get out of there. You're yeah, used to a very different. You're used to a very different uh, option when it comes to healthcare in this country. Uh, here, it's uh, turn up, wait to die. Uh, that is how it works, and uh, that's if you're lucky. Um, I want to ask you about this kiosk though, because this has raised some interesting questions, and I've had listeners getting in touch with me. Uh, I think getting the slightly, perhaps the wrong end of the stick on this, but it did raise an interesting question. You said earlier that for this kind of this kind of kiosk, for this kind of tablet, for this kind of design, whatever, however you want to describe it, you didn't want to go down the voiceover or the talkback route. You wanted to create something which you could be a little bit more custom with, and in your case, you've got all the experience of doing that. 
could this become a screen reader on a smartphone? So it could it, yeah. Um, but would someone want to pay for it? Probably no. Um, you know, talk back and voiceover get the job done, right? And they've done a really good job for a phone user. Um, what because I have were, listeners getting in touch saying, hey, hang on, this this JAWS for kiosk thing sounds like it's JAWS on Android, right? So does that mean JAWS runs on Android? It it does on this in, in a kiosk mode. We've We've not set back and... You know, we have all the features that that TalkBack would have, but then a lot more specifically for a kiosk environment. Um, could it be used by somebody? Yeah. I mean, I guess in theory, we've not gone down the path of saying that's what we want to do and that's what we're marketing towards, partially because we don't think um, our model is built around that today. You know, when especially when there's something free on the phone itself. Mm. I, I mean, for me... From a business perspective, you know, because we're always, in, in our case, we're doing it for business, right? Um, we've not s- sat down and figured out a model that would work for a consumer, for home. You know, for a business doing this because of accessibility, we have a model for it. Um, it's a mix of, of support. It's a mix of what's the right cost model and those kind of things. And what are all the things we would have to add? Um, phone users are way more demanding, you know, than getting something running like this and you, you know, you basically are supporting it once a year kind of thing. Yeah, because it's a walled garden to some degree, right? Yeah, yeah. It's locked down. You can't go anywhere. You're in one app. Yeah. Okay. It's way easier for me to take this, get it done and and move on. We did a, we did a payment device recently that's rolling out in Canada. And so it's one of those devices where you can, you're at the table and you can put your card in and, and pay with and, and JAWS for Android's on that. Um, you don't know that because it just speaks, right? It does everything that you should do, but it's walled into that one app. And, you know, there's a lot of APIs that drive that user experience for the user because you, you have a, a merchant who's trying to run this product um, and support their customers. So I don't, I don't know that we've, you know, figured out if we need to go to that space, but you know, we can't do Apple. We already know that, and yeah. and there's not a reason to do it. But the question is, why would we need to do Android if if Talkback is there? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, I suppose it's hard to answer that because we don't have Jaws to play with. I mean, it's difficult to have that chat, but we can have the conversation around Jaws versus Narrator, for example, which you could argue, based on what you've just said, you could close down your business tomorrow and say, well, you've got Narrator now, so good luck, everybody. Uh, But you're not going to do that, right? Because Jaws serves a different purpose. And perhaps maybe that's the argument, that perhaps Jaws can do something more, can bring something more professional, almost like a top-back pro approach to to Android, if you get what I mean. Yeah, but then, you know, what comes along with it is all the inaccessibility of all the apps. Yeah. And, you know, what we're doing, and there's more apps in that than there are in workplaces, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, I, it, and, and workplaces are used to doing scripting or customizations or contacting with us to, to do scripting or, or, you know, in this country, Blazy um, uh, does some scripting and some other people do scripting here in the, in the UK. You know, they're used to doing that kind of stuff, right? Um, do we need to be doing that for the thousands of apps? And then, you know, what what comes, I mean, just an app model of support is going to be different than a desktop support. 
It just is. When, you know, 90% of what you're using is Office or, or Google Apps um, on a desktop, and then you're using websites, and most people know that it's up to the website to be more accessible. I, I'm not saying we're not opposed to that in the future, but right now our, our model is very, very much towards the public accommodation, meaning a, a, the, the business space. And of course, you can catch up with lots more of what Matt's been saying. I just searched for Matt Ater on our website. Of course, we have all our content up there. You, have, you haven't been to our website yet. What is wrong with you? What are you <gasps> doing? you got all this time off over the holidays, and you're not visiting DoubleTapOnAir.com. Sean Priest, I am stunned. I'm there every hour of every day. It's amazing. <laughs> it is, frankly, <laughs> the only decent website left on there. Everything else on the internet is filth, but our oh. website is beautiful. Oh. Yes, exactly right. Clean fun. Double tap on air. It's like a couple having a bath together. Good, clean fun. Absolutely. Oh, oh you've ruined it. Oh, oh. No, never mind. Uh, okay, that's it for today. Uh, have, <laughs> now, I have to say, that is the final words we've ever going to say on this show in 2023. You realise that? That's the final Lower thing. Lower the tone. Oh. I think we just set the bar just right. Uh, that is it for it uh, for 2023, in fact. Uh, we're back in 2024. Uh, have yourself a great new year when it comes. We'll catch you then. Thank you, Sean Priest. Thank you. Happy New Year. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.